Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Forrest, my friend. How are you? Oh, very good, mate. How are you, Matty boy? Oh, I'm so swell. Are you feeling uh, okay, my friend? I'm feeling 110%. <laughs> Which is how loud my microphone is right now, Matt. So there, there oh, you go. Nice. Real... Yeah, I'm nice. feeling great. How are you? How are you feeling, Matt? Oh, mate, I am absolutely overjoyed with joyousness. Happy New Year, oh. by the way. Yeah, Happy <laughs> New Year. Happy New Year. Um, yeah. Woo! It's, it's, it's not, is it? It's not, is it? It's a lie. It's a lie, <laughs> Forrest, isn't it? It's, it's a, it's a lie. Uh, uh, it's, but yeah, it, well, by the time this has come out, it will be 2024, um, where we 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 you know create New Year's resolutions. Um, yeah. My my resolution is to feel like how good I feel today every day. Boris, you're hungover, aren't you? No, nah, you're well, hanging okay. over let's your not, ass, aren't you? Let's not cast aspersions. I I think um, you know I, I I I've looked better. I've felt better, but you know. The word hungover gets bounded about, you know, that that implies drinking. And obviously I've not drunk in the 30 years I've been on this planet, Matt. So, Of course not. Of course not. No, no, well, so. dear listener, welcome to another episode of Debbie Hero Podcast. Happy 2024. It's not 2024 just yet in our time. We're banking these episodes. We're currently in December. No, we're not even in December yet. We're in November, which is exciting. So let us know, dear listener, what's the future like? What's what's twenty twenty four like? Is it is it nice? Is it exciting? What is it? Tell us. Anyway, um, we are here for a brand new spanking year. We're here for a new episode, and we're going to kick things off with an interview episode. Second one now. We had a wonderful episode with uh, people of the Last Deal, the movie, with Jonathan Salemi and Anthony Molinari. If you haven't listened to that episode, please do go ahead and listen to it. And also, the full episode is also on YouTube as well, so you can watch it. Um, but this is our episode with tom crowhurst who who, uh, uh, works on the aquaman 2 movie that's been out i want to say from this point for about a couple weeks now so aquaman and the lost kingdom now tom crowhurst worked as the body double for patrick wilson who is ocean master um so we're going to have lots of chats with him about aquaman about the experience of being on set see how much information we can get and also we're going to talk about mcu we're going to talk about dc we're going to talk about some acting as well um so it's going to be a great episode so yeah i'm looking forward to it i can't wait um and we will see you right after those intro what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Roll the intro quickly.
Tom. Hello, hello. hello. How are you guys doing? Oh, very well, thank you. How are you, Tom? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Yeah, oh, it's, it's been okay. Tom, <laughs> it's great to have you on the podcast, mate. Um, welcome to Don't Be a Hero podcast. This is kind of like our first, well, no, our second now, our second formatted interview where we're talking to people backstage that have been working on. Uh, it, we've had stunt coordinators on previously and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you were an acting double for Patrick Wilson, yes, is that right? That is correct, yeah. Amazing. I was the... I, th- I mean... Every costume fitting, it just said skinny arm. Um, but <laughs> I prefer your version of it. I was the, I, technically, I was the lead acting double for that, for that moment. But yeah, as a little hint, I was the skinny arm. Wow. Skinny arm. Amazing. What what a title. Well, I see. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. for anyone. Um, I'll claim it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, claim it. Uh, so I think I think we'll be good. Uh, so, uh, Tom, to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, generally kind of, you know, up, up to that moment where you did that role, like, you know, where where has life taken you uh, for, for acting roles in the past? Be good. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, so I'll give a brief history. Uh, I sort of fell in love with acting when I was 10 years old, watching The Lion King of all shows. Yes. Um, and I was on the aisle seat and seeing the uh, first um, Circle of Life moment, uh, young Simba walking down, there was a moment where he looked at me and I thought it was the most magical thing in the world. Mm. And then that was what I proceeded to want to do um for the rest of my life and go okay what's how do I do that how do I make someone feel as I did in that moment um and I just thought acting was this magical gift um especially live theater I think live theater was the thing that I always felt at home with um but I was always a film buff. So I, especially in my teenage years, my dad worked for W.A. Smiths. And before Netflix, and I can't remember who else did the delivery service of DVDs, but W.A. Smiths, I think, jumped in almost instantly on that. And so I would always, I think you could have like a maximum of five DVDs and... So I would always be the one because my sister wasn't interested. My parents had no no other choice um, apart uh, in regards to what to watch. So uh, I would always pick the films, um, which I would sometimes get told off for because they would be, you know, 18s because uh, I was always interested in the darker stuff, the grittier stuff. Um, I love the British independent scene. And I think I I fell in love with that because of kidulthood. Um, yeah. And it sort of remained from there. Uh, but in regards to acting, um, I I think I, I sort of started when I was doing my GCSEs and uh, I, in English, would always put my hand up to read out loud. I don't know if you ever did that in English, but we always had to read everything out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
I, we had this wonderful Irish teacher called Miss Corcoran, and um, I would always impersonate her accent, and I'd I'd do every single character as an Irish person <laughs> I, it was a generic irish accent i won't repeat it but it, it that was sort of my tapping of just playing and yeah, just being, yeah, yeah. you know having fun with it and mm. actually engaging in something that i was hiding because did you did you like I, did you uh, like hearing the accent back do you know she never she never complained about it and okay. she she was the first person to say to me that i should um do go into drama, uh, go into acting in some degree. Because oh, I, w- I didn't go to youth theatre. Mm. Um, all I was doing was watching films and uh, every year have a family outing to a musical show. Um, so I, that was my way in, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Just being able to read out loud. Almost a... a, a, a a tool into um, uh, sight reading. Mm-hmm. It was like my first practice of sight reading, I suppose. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I was too, I was basically shying away from it, too embarrassed, didn't do it. And then I decided when I was take, looking at colleges um, to really seriously go into it. Yeah. And so uh, I saw um BTEC performing arts mm-hmm. and there's I, I grew up in Swindon um and Sirencester College had the best performing arts course um in the vicinity of uh Swindon and Wiltshire and the Cotswolds etc so um I was lucky enough to get onto that but I still told my friends that the only reason why I was doing it was to get a girlfriend because all of the hot girls, yeah, as yeah. I, you know, as we called it at the time, um, were doing it. Mm. And uh, that's how I sort of made them go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, but secretly it's, it's, was... It's interesting you say, because I, I remember at school kind of almost doing the same thing because I... <clears throat> my background at school was sports mm. all it, all it yeah, was was fo- football and rugby and then when it came to that GCSE kind of choosing making your choices and my drama teacher was like oh yeah no you you know you've got an opportunity to do some acting here I think you'd be great and you know consider it and I and I went to my PE teacher oh I'm gonna come glue drama and then again that that hor- that horrible stereotype oh what are you doing that for oh you know what you know that's not you shouldn't be doing that um, and I think I kind of felt like that I had to kind of like, but yeah, but no, but there's really good looking girls, you know, there's really yeah. good looking girls in drama. Yeah. I have to go and do that, you know, and you know, I'm in, I'm in the right space to get a girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of, it's horrible back then. Cause it's definitely, I mean, I, you know, with the experience that I've had in teaching in schools and you teach in schools as well, don't you? Yeah, so I do. Like yeah. That, that kind of perception of taking the arts uh, and the social implications around that feel like they've they've changed for the better which is great but like i think oh absolutely yeah get, but it's the it's i think it's more kind of the seriousness around it isn't it it's like okay cool great yeah. if you're gonna do it that's just like an easy gcse you know that's an easy choice yes, for you that that was another thing yeah it was that also i think a lot of people i don't know how you found it as you went on but i don't know if you did it at college either but 
in college, there was definitely, I would say maybe 70% of the people on the course were doing it as the easy option. They didn't, like they had some interest, but they didn't take it seriously. Whereas I was sort of, this was the first time Hmm. I had actually been able to, you know, go into what I really truly wanted to do. So I, I just ran with it and I felt so free and I absolutely adored it because it was also the musical theatre strand because for a long time I thought I wanted to do musical theatre because Mm. that's where I fell in love with acting originally and I still love musical theatre and I wish I was a triple threat but I'm not Um, (laughs) and but just before college actually I did join the local um the council-led dance company mm-hmm. um and i did a lot of contemporary dance which i did fall in love with um and i did some tap which i was awful at <laughs> uh, but i gave it my best shot um but that that was sort of like i was like i have literally no experience and i'm going into a a course that is musical theatre driven Mm. um, and I know I'm going to have to dance so I need to have some form of practice Um, but contemporary felt the most like acting as well yeah um, because of the more emotional feelings I think you get when you move in certain ways especially dancing like that so that's yeah that kind of led me that way and then on the course um i remember in i think it was first year uh, christmas we did a christmas carol um and i have always loved character actors Mm -hmm. um that those are the ones if i that's what I'm always drawn to in regards to journeys, stories, etc. Yeah. Um, those supporting roles who I feel like have the more complexities in regards to what they're given. Um, and so when we were given the audition material for Christmas Carol, I went up for all of the smaller roles because I loved that sense of multi-rolling, doing accents uh-huh. as well, but just changing and regards to physical as well as vocally as well um and at the end of the audition day my lecturer came up to me and said so tom um we really loved it and we think you should play scrooge and Mm -hmm. i was i was just i was taken aback because it was a really big thing and obviously the lead role i was like uh I'm not sure. Like, are you are you sure you want yeah. me to do that? Like, yeah, yeah. I I haven't really given an impression that <laughs> I, I'm I'm yeah. uh, you know wanting to go into that you know leading role, but yeah. um, th- I did it, and I I really it again gave me a true sense of this is it what it's yeah yeah, Yeah. what it's like to be in that especially going through a whole character's journey Mm -hmm. um and we did quite a gothic version of it as well so it was really dark and really twisted and it 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 just was really fun and 
by the end of the course, my lecturer did say, she's like, have you thought about drama school? And at the time I was contemplating going into the army, uh, which wow. Wow. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Hell of a different like, career there, isn't it? Absolutely. My, cause my other interest really strangely was the SAS. Like I had a deep sort of, uh, intrigued, um, yeah I was just intrigued by what the SAS entailed mm. and I always loved spy stuff like mm. I loved the Alex Ryder trilogies or trilogy when I was growing up uh, as a kid and then into my teens and then James Bond as well and I was like what's the closest thing I could do to become a spy and I was reading lots of ex-SAS books like Chris Ryan has done so many and there was one that uh, spoke about being sort of this top security guard um, to the like, billionaires. And then that just felt like being a spy as well because yeah. it was so confidential. So, you know, you're always aware. But yes, I my sister actually uh, made, made the uh, decision for me and said, if you go into the army, I'll never talk to you again. So wow. I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to try and stick with acting and, and go to drama school or try to get into drama school, um, which again was, you know, a journey um, mm. because I, I really didn't know uh, what I was doing in terms of the audition process. I was 17 when I first auditioned and the first drama, drama school I auditioned for was Oxford School of Drama, yeah. um, which I completely fell in love with and I auditioned for the three year with the uh, speech there's a speech in the adaptation of A Christmas Carol we did that he's talking to a grave and that's the speech I did, <laughs> I did. and at the uh, lunch break I was pulled in and they were like so um, yeah uh, they really really liked you but they think um, you would be better suited for the foundation course. And I was like, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Like I was like, I, you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went for it because yeah, I, yeah. you know, I didn't know what speeches to do either. Yeah, so yeah. Mm. Um, I think they were like, why is a 17 year old? This is probably the most yeah. ridiculous thing they saw that day. Is that <laughs> just someone really like getting into that role. Um, but uh, I, and then inevitably, three three years later, I got into Oxford School of Drama. Um, oh well. So I went there, but I it was from seeing it at seventeen and mm. just going, "This is the school for me." Um, did, did you feel? And then auditioning every year. It's interesting. So I so I teach at um, uh, Royal Birmingham School of Acting, mm. and so I, I live in Birmingham. I know it well. Oh well. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I, so I'm up there lecturing on their foundation, right? And okay. a lot of kind of the um, applicants that come in are around that sort of demographic, that kind of 18, 19, you know, yeah. not really knowing in terms of what kind of rep they should be sort of having with monologues and stuff. Did you feel like you yourself were ready to do a BA at that point when you were 17? I think it was that naivety. Yeah. Um, the hunger. And just having, yeah. And it was just, it was really 
honestly not like having this conversation with my lecturer her sort of saying this is an avenue you could go down um but not necessarily because we we were looking at Shakespeare on the course as well and so I was aware but I I genuinely had this it was an innate fear of Shakespeare and to be honest that outwardly I think I resented having to do it because I was so scared of doing it mm. um so I went for the comfortable idea of going in with Scrooge um but uh, so yeah, I just think it was that sort of almost the hunger, the naivety, and just going, yeah, just let's let's just go for it. Mm. Like if I, because I was working at Next at the time, and so I was just going, okay, I've got that money for the audition. I may as well do it and see what happens. Mm. Um, and then it, it it felt almost, yeah, it. it I just knew that this was the avenue I wanted to go down, having yeah. experienced it for that that small amount of time. Um, and then I actually went on to do a foundation course at Arts Ed, oh. uh, which was part time. So um, I, I I started that when I was uh, eighteen, nineteen, I think. Right. And that, that again, that was sort of um a really interesting time because it wasn't i i wasn't living in london i was commuting uh, i was working in a warehouse yeah um and so it was just it was ridiculous like i was running straight after or 10 minutes before the session ended because i had to catch my last train mm. so my focus it was there it was so there and i was loving it and we did do a showcase um and but i i still was sort of like okay is this what the three year is going to entail and then the three year was just so far beyond what the foundation sort of gave me and yeah. it gave me the tools to get onto yeah, the three year and gave me the confidence that step into it but I think, yeah, it was just, it, it, I, I did feel that sense of relief being there though and mm. going, okay, I am doing what I, what I, I really want to be doing, mm. but I still wasn't satisfied because it was only part-time and I, I wasn't immersed in it as much as I suppose I'd like to have been, but I met some of my best friends on that course yeah. who I then ended up training at Oxford with um oh, we wow. one of them being in in my year who is still my very best friend to this day so it's mad that we started at Arts Ed and then both got into the same year and um yeah so that that was interesting but yes I think to begin with I had no idea I mm. it was definitely coming from an innocent naive place of <laughs> applying to drama school yeah. thinking three year is the thing yeah. i didn't really know what foundation was so i was just sort of like yeah. okay I, um and I three year it is I, th I think you kind of alluded to uh and it'd be good to hear from you tom a bit more about mm. what kind of what what drew you in with oxford specifically because you know from my my own experience i know when i you know 
you hear about <clears throat> the big hit, hit, hitters in London and I went to Central and had an audition yeah. and was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. I think it was a, they had a digital, uh, so it was like a film, TV, screen acting course. Nice. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then I, I, went, and I went for the audition and literally the guy, like, the person who was running that audition was telling people off about how their, their posture was in an audition. And I'm like... But you are here to bring me into a course where you're going to teach me that. If I'm already doing that, what am I paying eighteen? It, it mad. And then, and then, but then you go to another. Uh, so the one I ended up going to is Mountview in the end. So, um, yeah. and and you know, amazing teachers and amazing audition day. Um, but yeah, we yeah, it's really interesting from Oxford's um, point of view, Tom. What, what what kind of drew you in for Oxford? I think it was um, the fact that. I was always uh, going to the Cotswolds as a kid. Like I was, I was basically a country bumpkin living in a town. Like I loved being outside in nature. The fact that it was a converted farmhouse, I just fell in love with. And I was like, okay, so the predominant focus is that you truly are immersed in this life as an actor. There's, you know, you can't just go out the door and walk down the street to a pub mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day. Like, you have to get on a school bus back into town and then, you know, either ride your bike or walk home. Um, so, or drive from the school, etc. But it, I think it was that. And just um, when, I, when I did the foundation recall, because I was I was taken straight to the foundation recall. I didn't have to do the first round. Right. Um, yeah. I got to know it a bit more, which again was terrifying because uh, <laughs> they did lean heavily on Shakespeare, and it. I I just remember going. They gave us the speech to look at, and then I I can't remember if they asked us to improvise around it or not. But there was just something completely. I was just lost. I was like, I have no idea what I'm saying. Like, I, and there was other people who looked so confident and so like ready. And I was like, how do you know what you're saying? I just, I don't know. I know that's not giving why I fell in love, but I got to see the school more. So we were in different studios. Um, like we got to hang out in the coffee bar and, just uh, I had more of a sense of what it was like to be there. Mm. Um, and then every year I applied, I got to know it more because a friend got in the year before I did and he really gave me an insight. It was, um, and I just was like, this is where I want to be. This is just incredible. And I can't think of anywhere else. And I remember uh, I, instead of, traveling to thailand or doing the big trips because again i i had a fear of doing that i traveled around switzerland uh for a month um because my mom's best friend lived out there uh, and i was just like okay i'll go on a train and just do the whole of switzerland <laughs> and it, it was it, it was really it was, was an amazing great. experience yeah. actually i met some brilliant people along the way and when I came back from there, I was like, okay, this is the year I'm getting into drama school. There, there is no shadow of a doubt. It has to be this year. Yeah. 
And I remember only applying for three that year. And one of them being Royal Welsh, which I never applied to before. And genuinely applying for Royal Welsh, I was like, oh, this is what Royal Welsh is. And it did, I was almost in two minds about Oxford and Royal Welsh. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Um, And I did get a recall for Royal Welsh and then didn't get in. But when I applied, when I did my Oxford audition, um, I, I got through to the I didn't get a recall straight away so I did the afternoon round I got a letter and they were like we're really sorry um but it's not going your way again and I spoke to my friend uh who was there and he was really good friends with the second year who said to him tell him to write a letter to George Peck saying why he wants to be at the school. And I guarantee he'll he'll come back for another additional recall. And so I put on Blink-182's last album. Um, <laughs> back in the day, the one with the... <laughs> yeah. It was just self-titled. Um, and I spent the entire... It took me the entirety of that album to write the letter. I looked through it three times, edited a little bit. I didn't save it. I printed it, sent it. And a week later, I got an email from George saying, we want you to come back to audition. But I had to do the first round again. Uh, so I had to go through that entire process. Wow. And I, genu- I genuinely cocked up in the afternoon bit. And I knew I did. And as I was walking out, I my whole body knew... And I was on the verge of tears and I just turned around to the audition panel and I, I said, I just, I just want to say something. You guys know why I'm here again. And this means everything. Like, I just want, I want to be here and I know what I did. I wasn't good enough, but I just want to let you know, this is the school that I've dreamed of going to. And, one of the audition panels said to me, if you'd just done that there in the speech, you would have, you'd be fine. But then I found out I got a recall and then the rest is history wow. and I got on. But yeah, it's, yeah. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
it's it's amazing to hear um people's drama school stories because they're so varied like there's mm-hmm. so i mean in terms of people's roots getting into drama school whether they did foundation whether they managed to get in first time i know people that have auditioned for the same place for like six seven years oh yeah and then getting in yeah. on the seventh year like it's it really is incredible but also it is a testament to the dedication of the individual that is so determined to get into that space as well because i'm a true believer as well it's like when you audition for drama schools if you know this is the right place for you that is the right place for you you know if you know you know and 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 you do get those feelings and you do get the kind of this is the space for me this is where i want to be so i I trained at east 15 and you know just just being around uh, I was in the Loughton campus and just being mm. around trees and their little lake that they've got in the middle, the old house. Yeah. It's just, it all just made sense for me. And it's and I think, you you know, when you get that feeling, it's it's a great feeling because that's, you know, you'd go, oh, I'm going to get in. That's going to yeah. happen. It doesn't might not be this year, might not be next year, but I will at some point. Um, if yeah, Tom, if you so could true. give if you could yes. give anyone that's you know looking to audition for like drama schools any dear listeners out there if you're listening and you're auditioning and you're trying to get into drama school what what advice would you give them um i would i think it's the same advice that i got given which was just very simple and it's to have the most fun you can when you're there mm. um and really if you have any questions ask them as well And don't be afraid if you want to do or start something again, if it's a speech or a scene, ask that as well. Because I don't think the panel will ever say, oh, no, we've run out of time. You have to leave now. I think they'll respect the fact that you're nervous. Mm. Just, yeah, just allow yourself to be there and take advantage of the fact you know that you've worked really hard to be there as well and that everybody in that room is willing you on Mm. um and just yeah just play as well i think that's one thing that i learned from the second year that helped me in terms of saying write that letter to george he actually helped me uh with a speech my contemporary speech i went over to his he was living with my friend at the time and he just tore it apart and he was like look you just need to like be physical with it play around with it have fun and it really freed me up when i was in the room um in front because at oxford we did it in front of everyone as well everybody else who was auditioning so actually having that freedom of movement you you know you always have either a studio space or you're in a theater Mm. so allow yourself to you know be as big as you want as well yeah i think hope that's that's great advice tom thank Mm. you (laughs) i Um, I know we did you do your speech in front of others matt when you did when you went to these 50 because yeah Mountview, we did, yeah, and I I find I actually find that 
for me a little bit easier because actually you can re you can you can focus on the other people in the room as opposed to worrying about right i've got two yeah. people i can only look at or i'm looking at a wall <laughs> where, oh, yeah. You know, yeah so whereas actually i can i can i can make this my audience and, and it it, it sell yeah, me, sell absolutely. me i think that it does help like i remember auditioning for lambda when it was in various spaces they used to audition and it was in one of their theatres and uh, the the runner said, okay, yeah, it's your time. Go on the stage and go to the spotlight. And honestly, I couldn't see the audition panel. It was wow. completely black in the theatre. Wow. I was under a spotlight and I just heard like a voice of God saying, okay, we're ready. Off you go. <laughs> oh, God. And I was wow. like, where are you? I couldn't. <laughs> So that I never met who I auditioned front of. You know, I never yeah. met the audition uh, audition panel at all. It was very literally very you're, you're creating the circumstance of a deer in the headlights, quite literally as well. Yeah. Like you've just wow. And yeah. if if the audition yeah. isn't isn't a personal experience, then that's not not showcasing the course in a very good light, is it? Because it's, like, it's <laughs> no, not, we're just going to no, get you up. Not. We'll send you some <laughs> tips via email, and then you just rock up and do the show. All right, lovely, yes. lovely job, thank you. <laughs> It's like yeah. COVID, the audition. That's basically what I was. <laughs> online. Oh, it is all the stuff online. And then you just go for it on Zoom, mate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh. I think luckily it's changed now. But yeah, no, it definitely is. Yeah, it was an experience for sure. Well, let's yeah. fast yes. forward then. In terms of you finished drama school, we're out there in the industry, we're now working um we so we, we obviously this is our a superhero podcast so we like to talk about yeah. all things superhero mcu and dc um uh, so let's talk about aquaman 2 in the lost kingdom yes um so get, get it'd be i'm so interested because again being an acting double it, it what's that like because i've never experienced that before um i hadn't before yeah. before this uh and i haven't since um it is very surreal uh because so for my uh recall uh slash screen test um i had no idea i turned up to leaveston uh studios um they put me in a trailer uh and they were like okay um we're gonna take you through i was like cool and uh i went into a room uh patrick olson was there um the head of hair and makeup was in the room and the producer. Uh, they were all really lovely. Uh, the producer and the head of hair and makeup were asking me a couple of questions. And I was very aware that Patrick Wilson stood right next to me. And um, <laughs> they were, they said, okay, um, so are you, are you ready? Are you ready to go? And me and Patrick looked at each other and it, it was basically going, okay, you ready to take off your jumper and t-shirt so we can see what your bodies look like next wow. to each other. And then we had to do a 360. It was the most surreal thing I think I've ever had to do. Um, and we, me and Patrick, were t it was t like, we. I think everybody was aware that it was just this strange. very strange, very strange thing. And then I... I had no idea that I actually got it. I was sent back to the trailer and um, they called me in again and I was with the hair and makeup and costume people and they uh, had to shave everything. 
because Patrick Wilson doesn't have any hair. Um, oh. And then <laughs> it took about an hour to put all the um, mud. I was covered in mud and sand mm-hmm. and wig and beard. Um, and then we went in to, on to set uh, and then they did sort of a formal screen test. There was lots of people. I saw James Wan um, wow. and then we had to do another 360 uh, and then, yeah, I I had to ask my agent to confirm that I'd got it uh, because I was wow. still unaware. And then I was on set the next day and I it was turning up to set. Um, it was it, it, I, I didn't sleep that night very well because it, I was just full of nerves and excitement and um, going into it and having met actually the hair and makeup before the day before made me calm a bit and being yeah. in in the room getting covered in mud and sand for a long time settled those nerves but then walking onto set and the first scene I did was the audition scene I had to do so that again I think helped me ease into it and yeah it was all very I I said I've said to friends that I was very hyper-focused. That's the only way I can describe it. I thought I was going to be completely terrified yeah. because it was the biggest set, that, well, that I've still ever been on. But um, it was incredible to see a built set and being in a different world and walking in and going, okay, this is insane. Then seeing James um, like kind of coming in and giving some notes and... Jason Momoa then turned up and that was the time where I was like, okay, this is real. This is happening. <laughs> These are real he people. is huge. <laughs> and it, I was just, like, he's so much bigger in real life. I don't wow. like, he's about six, four, six, five. Wow. And obviously ripped. And it was yeah. like, uh, and I got introduced to him, but it, in a way as well, it felt so intimate because it was only the scenes were, mainly just between Patrick and Jason. So is it because this I, was during COVID still? This was during so, COVID. Yeah. Right. I mean, there was, it, there was times where there was a, a lot of stunts, uh, you know, around. So there was a lot more people, but it still weirdly felt intimate. It, it, mm. it never felt overwhelming or huge scale, even though of course it was. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, it you just uh, when i i'll go back to being hyper focused but just realizing that i was there literally to watch on either the ipad or monitor patrick's every movement to see what he was doing but they did the first initial scene with me and then patrick went in and did it and then i did it again so it and that yeah it was just it was it was such a different way of working and you, it was like tweaking my brain of going okay like you you are just there to make sure and ensure that every every moment and movement is exact to what they've asked for yeah. and there's i i suppose there's just that especially being on such a big film uh uh un 
spoken expectation of getting it right straight away <laughs> even though sometimes it's not possible obviously yeah. because you're only see sometimes you only see see like i only saw patrick maybe do it two or three times and sometimes once so mm. and then during when i was doing it james would be throwing notes in and just being like okay can you move your body down a little bit or your hand just to the left a little bit or splash a bit harder or um so it was like i yeah there was just all these little tweaks but it was yeah it was such a an amazing experience to have as well because i suppose i suppose you can't overthink those moments as well you know in those kind of slight details move your hand here do this splash here. like it, the, i think for me if i was in that situation i'd be going i'm overthinking here am i doing <laughs> this right is this too much or is this too little yeah like... yeah that's the thing i think it's so it's very true i and i think that's why i say i was hyper focused because mm. you have no time to think either you just have to kind of do it and hope that you're you've got it to sort of the exact yeah. thing um it's, it's quite it's, it's yeah. a far cry away from uh oxford where they're telling you to play <laughs> play be free <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. just explore different and then it's like right actually i'm gonna need your right hand to look a bit more a bit more like that it's it's so <laughs> specific <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness Amazing. yeah i mean there was a moment where i was on a a big robotic arm and it had a saddle on and uh the camera was really tight and i i was talking to the makeup ladies and they were like why are they like surely they're going to be able to tell it's not patrick because your eyes the the wig was covering my face but it was it was so close that i was like are they like surely audience members will see that it's not him at all but um Anyway, they they wanted it was a really tight shot, but they also wanted my hands to be doing things as well. Like I was swiping things away, <laughs> and I thought I'd I'd done a I'd done an okay job at it, and they were like, "No, that, that just like Tom, you need to you know really get." And I, but I was like, I. Th- what i don't understand like it was because it was like pretending to swipe like debris out the way (laughs) but i thought that i and they're like no you need it tighter like you need it and i was just like what do you mean tight yeah i don't know if i ever really got it but um they they moved on anyway i can't can't, uh, i'm really excited to see the film and just a shot of your hands frantically like (laughs) oh oh, there's tom (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, but, but overall, the kind of, uh, you know, you mentioned the different departments involved and obviously yes. it was such a big yeah. project. Was were, were, You know, did you find it, you know, that was a really nice experience or did you feel like you were, you were, you were su- such a small part of a big, you know, entity or, yeah, how did that feel? You know, I, I, I think um, because of the... Uh, the largeness of it and only being part of one side of the journey. Um, and as I described it, it feeling intimate mm-hmm. that actually I, I felt like I, 
I did have some um I, I just had a really, really good time. And they were like they really respected what I was doing as well and my purpose of being there. Um, because there was times when I was with second unit and it was just me. Mm. And we were doing um uh sort of distanced shots with um what are the I always forget what they're called. Uh the little flying helicopter things um, with cameras on. Oh, drones. Uh, oh, drones. 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 Yeah, yeah, I, my brain, honestly. Now I've hit, like, hit my 30s, I swear. Like, oh, oh, yeah. That we've yeah, discussed just, about 30s. Forrest, yeah. you're in your 30s now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Words have gone out of my brain. Yeah. So there was a drone shot. And <laughs> I was, uh, like, that day especially, um, I was doing everything. So all of those shots, it was just me, which they, and they do, they really do look after you. Everybody involved, like the costume team, the makeup team, they, and I think they also, because everybody's human, they want the job to go well. Yeah. Um, And they, you know, they, they like, they like to get to know you and they want, to ensure that you can do the best job as well. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a real pleasure. Like everybody kind of, you know, from first unit to second unit were just a joy to get to know and kind of work with and sort of see that aspect as well and get to know how, um, how their jobs worked. Um, being on such a huge thing yeah with um going back to uh jason momoa what did you just meet him that once or is it a few times to meet what were the interactions like no there was it so because of the storyline um there was multiple occasions i met him um and uh yeah the first time uh he he did look at me and laughed and said that I look like a bag of bones, which was, um, <laughs> which is an interesting, uh, <laughs> he's just like, shit, man, like, you've got nothing on you, dude, you're a bag of bones. <laughs> and, he just, and he just burst out in laughter. And I was like, okay. But he was, he was such a, just this, I mean, if you've ever seen an interview with him, I think you can kind of gauge his personality, but he brought such a, wonderful playful energy like he every like he would riff off the script as well and that James would have to sort of go okay Jason yeah really like that try and stick to that bit a little bit more but you know um and there was uh, there was one moment where because he did it to Patrick he did it to me as well uh where he did um just completely lift me off my feet by slapping me on the butt in the scene. This was an out of the scene, but because he's that strong, um, he did lift me off my feet and I was like, whoa, I get, luckily it was a behind shot. So they didn't get a reaction shot of my face. 
Oh but my it God. was just like, oh my God, like, I wasn't expecting he was going to do the same to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he did. He had to because he looks he like is, such obviously. a cool dude. Like, oh, yeah, it doesn't it, surprise yeah. me that it was great. Yeah, no, he he was genuinely just such a, a lovely, lovely guy. And like, mm. yeah, I think everybody, when he was on set, just, you know, he, he talks to everyone. He ensures mm. that... I think it's that warm, playful atmosphere. And him and yeah. Patrick have such a lovely dynamic as well. Um, from the first one to this one, I think they, you know, really kind of, uh, yeah, you can tell that there's a, a really lovely, wonderful bond between him, James and Patrick, actually. It's, yeah, it's an it's excellent sort of trio. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Cool. Do you have any um, just a uh, general kind of so for people who are hoping to see it? I think it's out early in the new year, isn't it? Uh, it is out actually just before, so just it's before. out on the twenty second of December. That's right, fantastic. And um, yeah, have you got a, gen- a general synopsis or any kind of <laughs> general what we story? Expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, from from the trailer, I think it teases what's gonna happen yeah um it's i think a lot of it especially my my part and why i came into it um you'll see from where it sort of left off from the the first what happens to king orm um in those many years i don't know how many years it is actually into the future but um, from the the first one, but mm. you get to really see King Orm at his lowest point, and then like a rising from there. And uh, there's, I think it's a lot of brotherhood relationship yeah. sort of touching on as well throughout. Um, but yes, that's, it's yeah. oh, it's exciting. I like that. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's one of those movies because it's definitely the it is. So it's said that it is the last movie pre James Gunn. Anything that yes. comes out is now part of James Gunn's DCEU and DCU. Yeah. Um, so it does feel like it's like the closing of a book and a closing of not only just a chapter for Jason Momoa but for that part of cinematic universe for DC. Um, yeah. Moving into a new era. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be, I think, especially James's, James Wan's passion mm. for the comic books and what he strived to do, mm. especially seeing the original. I think he, you know, it's amazing um, VFX and, the, you know, all of the detail that he's created. And I think it's only going to be bigger on this one as well in regards to what he wants to do and what he wanted to achieve with it. So yeah, I, I totally agree. It does definitely feel like mm. he's put everything he possibly could into this one just to yeah. finalize and like, let it, let it lie. Let it lie. Um, yeah. yeah. Have you, have you had an invitation to any like pre-screening of it or? I have. Oh. So I, there is a there's a screening uh the day before it's released so on the 21st of december i'll be going um to leicester square um 
so that would be exciting. It's my first sort of, yeah, first proper screening of something yeah. I've done. Um, yeah, which is exciting. That's yeah, amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be interesting who turns up because of the time as well. It's nearly Christmas, so it's yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see who turns up as well because it'll be nice to kind of experience it with the others who made it. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, such a huge scare. Yeah. Uh, with, with um with James Gunn, is there any kind of like particular projects of his that you're looking forward to see? Oh gosh. Um, I'm trying to think what that has been announced in terms of his his new. So we've got Superman um, Legacy. We've got. Um, it's going to be a Batman and Robin. Batman and uh, Robin. Yeah. I think I believe that's been confirmed. A new Batman. Has Robin. that? I I was yeah. curious to know because for me, I think in regards to superheroes, it has to be Batman. So Batman and Robin, that I think will be my the one that I will make my way to the cinema it became a tradition between my dad that we would go and see all the batmans at the cinema um which we did we actually did miss the only one we didn't see together was robert patterson's but we've seen every every other one everyone um that's been yes yeah um he's i think batman is just i don't i don't know what it is about it i think it's because the world itself is again so dark and gritty and there's so many incredible baddies in that universe that it's just yeah it's such an amazing place to encounter when when they do come to screen and life Mm. and from the comic books to the tv shows to the films it's it's always incredible to kind of watch um I think I think the Batman Brave and the Bold as well. It's such a beloved comic book series and the animated mm-hmm. series around that as well. Like it's it's really beheld highly with the DC kind of fandom. So it's and then finally getting to see that played out um, with James Gunn at the helm of that. I think it's it's a a winner. It's an absolute winner. Yeah. It's guaranteed yeah. if anything. I mean, for me, I'm really interested to see Superman Legacy. I'm really interested to see how this goes especially with the new casting as well um yeah i I think we're going to see something that's sort of reinvented in a way so like i Mm -hmm. i was i was such a huge fan of henry cavill like in terms of superman man of steel it would just felt it like it couldn't get better than that but actually yeah i have an infinite amount of trust in james gunn probably too much to a certain degree but like I think there'll be there'll be something really special with this project, and I think that will part, that will be the main thing that kind of threads through for the future projects as well. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Forrest, which one yeah, are you I looking forward say, to? Yeah, that? I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, we, haven't t- we haven't spoken about this actually. <laughs> we, no, we, haven't, we haven't talked about that. yeah, James Gunn. Yeah, I, th- I think for me it will be. Um, I think again, where he goes with uh, Batman and what and what he does with with that kind of universe, um, we and and where obviously we're getting Joker two, which will fall outside of this universe, um, yeah. and and Lady Gaga being in that, there being a musical element, which was kind of a bit, a bit rough. But I think to be fair, everything that's come out of it looks all looks all right and to be quite honest i don't think they'd do it unless it was really really well written so it must be i agree mm. yeah 
yeah yeah i agree i'm really intrigued to know how that is is going to pan out um because i you know i i'm obsessed with joaquin phoenix so i and i'd loved the first joker as well actually um but uh yeah i'm intrigued to see i because it would be nice just to see robin have something yeah as well a proper journey a proper arc in something so that's again why i'm excited because there was only i can't remember which batman it was but joseph gordon love it like touching yes. on potentially being robin in you that know was future dark, life that was dark Knight rises yeah. wasn't it that was the that was the third one that's the one yeah, yeah it was and i was so excited because i also am such a fan of his yeah. i was like oh finally like yeah. if it does go into that and then see that just, was my yeah. so dark knight was my lion king so okay. that got me into i was like that's that's what i want to do I want to yeah. like, want to do Heath Ledger's Joker, and I was I remember like Amazing. imitating it like daily. <laughs> like it was, I think yeah, so was, many did. I think yeah. we all, you know, it was just that. Yeah, I I don't think you can beat that performance. And again, know. like he's extraordinary, and it was yeah, amazing, amazing. Tom, um, thank you yeah. so much for being on the podcast, mate. It was Not an absolute joy chatting to you. Um, you can watch Aquaman and Lost Kingdom if you haven't already, dear listener. Uh, it should be out in cinemas right. Flip in now. Um, let us know your thoughts as well. Give us an email at don't be here at podcast at gmail.com. Tom, I wanna we want you we want you back, mate. We want you back. Yeah, you're gonna be yeah, well, you know, you, Aquaman three. Once you're back in, it's here. Inevitably back with with your hands, with more more debris, more hands. That's Absolutely. it. Yeah, more hands. Always more hands. Aquaman three, the return of the hands. I can't wait. Really exciting. But no, thank you so much, Tom. It was it's such a pleasure. Absolute blast, mate. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening to another episode of Don't Be a Hero podcast. If you have any comments, feedback, or any thoughts, email us at don'tbeaheropodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other streaming platforms for future content. And to keep up to date on all things Don't Be A Hero, follow us on our Instagram or our TikTok at Don't Be A Hero Podcast. We'll see you there.